When you are able to communicate your feelings mindfully, you experience more connection and more collaboration. Why? Because when you share your feelings with others, you are inviting them into your inner world. And when we let others see our inner world, others have empathy for us. They're more able to put themselves in our shoes because at some point in their lives, they've also had those same feelings. I don't like to argue, so I say nothing and fume for days. How do I set boundaries without sounding like a jerk? I hate the idea that I might accidentally offend somebody, so sometimes I'd just rather say nothing at all. Welcome to the Language Alchemy Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. This is your host, Alejandra Siroca, a transformative communication teacher and coach devoted to helping you have more peace and more harmony in all your relationships. Welcome to part five of Communicating Feelings series. As I shared before, this is the longest podcast series I've ever done because most of us don't know how to communicate our feelings or how to communicate them mindfully. Since this is part five of series, let me share briefly what I've covered before so that you know how we got here. In part one, episode 51, I shared with you about what our feelings are and how they have important messages we need to pay attention to. In part two, episode 56, I explained why most of us find it hard to communicate our feelings. In part three, episode 57, I talked about uncomfortable feelings and the most common reactions we communicate when we have them. In part four, episode 54, I explained what happens in our relationships when we don't communicate our feelings. My hope was that you felt equipped with knowledge about feelings so that you could feel inspired to learn to communicate them mindfully, which is what I'm going to teach you in this episode. Usually, we use the word feeling or the word feel to talk about our thoughts. For example, when we say, how do you feel about it? What we actually mean is, what do you think about it? What's your opinion about this? Or do you agree or disagree? So we are using the word feel when what we want to hear is an opinion, a viewpoint, an agreement, or a disagreement. So it's important to know what our intention is and what kind of information we want back. Do we want an opinion? Then it would be more accurate to say, what do you think about it? Or what's your opinion? When we use the word feel to ask about a thought, we are not only using the word feel inaccurately, but we are also perpetuating what I talked about in previous episodes of this series, which is that we keep our connection and our interactions at the level of thought. Thought, of course, is not the level of emotion, and thoughts are more superficial than emotions. What I find so interesting in terms of how our use of language expresses an underlying paradigm, a specific belief system, is that what I just described is not the only way in which we use the word feel to talk about our thoughts. No, in fact, there are two more ways. For example, when we say something like, 
I feel like I don't matter to my partner, a sentence I hear frequently from my communication coaching students and clients. If you consider this expression, you understand that what follows the word feel, in this case, I don't matter to my partner, is not a feeling. What we're really saying is something more like, from my perspective, I don't think my partner sees me as important. Well, if we were to say that, then it would be very clear that what we're doing is making an assumption. An assumption is a thought. So perhaps by saying, I feel like we are masking our assumptions, or maybe we're trying not to show vulnerability. Because maybe what we mean in this instance is something like, I feel really sad because my partner spends a lot of time at work, and then on the weekends, they visit family or they go for a hike with their friends. Now see, if we say something like that, now we're using emotional language. Now we're talking about feelings. Now we're being more accurate with our use of language because it more faithfully represents our experience. We also use the expression, I feel, followed by the conjunction that, as in, I feel that you are not listening. Once again, when we reflect on this sentence, you are not listening is not a feeling. It is an evaluation, a judgment. So, a thought, not a feeling. I had a communication coaching session with a couple and one of the partners said exactly that to the other. I feel that you're not listening. What they learned was that this expression or expressions like these led them to arguments. Because since these expressions are judgments or evaluations, then the other person is likely to get defensive or to go on an offensive. And this was so until my clients learned to express their feelings mindfully and say something like, I'm noticing I'm getting frustrated. I just talked about my fear of losing my job and I heard you say in response, I didn't do any exercise today, so I'm going to go for a run. When my client said that to her partner, she was using emotional language more accurately. And that allowed them to have a conversation about her fears of losing her job. So I want to encourage you to start noticing how you use the word feel or feeling. Not because it's right to say things in one way or wrong to communicate in another way. No, because that's not the language alchemy principle. I'm asking you to notice how you use the word feel when you communicate because your words create your world. So what kind of world do you want to create? One in which your life and relationships stay at the level of thought, assumptions, judgments, evaluations, and don't go deeper than that? Or would you like to create a world for yourself and others in which there's a true sense of connection, meaningful interactions, deeper relationships? If you'd like the latter, then practice language alchemy and pay attention to how you use the word feel. And I want to share with you that I too need to be mindful about the use of the word feel. I catch myself all the time saying things like, I feel that, or I feel like, or asking, how do you feel about it? When what I mean is, what's your opinion about this? And in those moments, 
I don't panic. I pause. I reflect on what my intention is at the moment. If it's to go deeper, I use emotional language. If it's to stay at a surface level, I use thinking language. And I may even say to the other person something like, oh, let me ask you again, or that wasn't what I wanted to say. And then I may choose to communicate using emotional language if that's what I want in the moment. So now let's talk about how to use emotional language mindfully. At a linguistic level, it's very simple. You say, I feel, and then you use a feeling word, such as, I feel elated, or I'm feeling anxious. You could also say something like, in this moment, I'm noticing the feeling of insecurity. You can use this kind of language to talk about one feeling. You can talk about two or more feelings simultaneously as well. For example, you can say something like, my mom was feeling excited and worried about hosting all of us for Thanksgiving. Or if someone is sharing an important experience with you and they're not talking about their feelings, they're just expressing their thoughts, you can ask them a question and use feeling words. Let me give you a personal example. At this moment, I have some dear friends who are going through cancer. When I listen to them, because I want to have a deeper experience with them and I want to invite them to go deeper, I may say something like, with all that you shared, it sounds like you're feeling a combination of fear, uncertainty, and that you're wanting to feel hopeful and supported. When I use that feeling language, that emotional language, we are taking the interaction to a deeper, more meaningful, more connecting level. When you are able to communicate your feelings mindfully, you experience more connection and more collaboration. Why? Because when you share your feelings with others, you are inviting them into your inner world. And when we let others see our inner world, others have empathy for us. They're more able to put themselves in our shoes because at some point in their lives, they've also had those same feelings. And when we are able to connect at a feeling level, we're also able to talk about our needs, our values, our longings, our vision. And when we do that, we create a world of support, of collaboration, of love. A beautiful example of this was when I was working with a mother and her son. They have been having tension and arguments for years, and they both wanted to have a deeper and more harmonious relationship with one another. So I taught them how to communicate about their feelings mindfully. And the outcome, oh, it was exquisite. They both said it felt like they understood each other for the first time in the relationship as mother and adult son. With this emotional connection, they got creative. They solved a big problem. They collaborated with one another, all because they were able to share their feelings mindfully with each other. I'm going to assign a task to you. This week, notice how you use the word feel, and when you do, use a feeling word. Now let's recap what you've heard in this episode. I shared that we tend to use the word feel inaccurately 
to talk about thinking and not feeling. Like when we say, I feel that or I feel like. I also taught you how to use emotional language using the word feel followed by a feeling word. And I gave you some examples. I also shared the benefits of using emotional language mindfully. And in the end, I gave you a communication assignment. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to all my clients who are parents and are teaching their kids to connect to their own feelings and communicate them freely. Until next week, and as we say in Argentina, ciao, ciao. Original music by Gary Lapo. You can find all links in the show notes at languagealchemy.com.